Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. Hi, Mickey. Hi, Matt. How are you? I am really good this morning. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, I think this will be fun. I think it's going to be super fun. I should probably tell all of our listeners how I know you. Okay. You're Britton Jackson's mom. True. True story. Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, um, well, you know what it's like to be a mom. You, know, you have one. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what it's like to be a parent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you for coming and agreeing to, to chat with me. And I would love to talk to you about your family's experiences with real estate. So what was the first uh, first time you guys bought or sold? Well, actually, the first time was probably before you were even thought of. You weren't even born. It was in 1971. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it was in Marin County. Uh, we we bought a house in Larkspur. We had we had started looking in San Francisco, and we were, uh, you know, we re- really did want to stay in the city, but it was a little bit pricey for what we could afford. So we went to Marin, where it was less expensive, and uh, we bought a house that um, I remember it cost fifty eight thousand dollars in nineteen seventy one, which was kind of uh, expensive for some people, but we could afford it. How big was it? Um, it was around 2,000 square feet, um, and it had three bedrooms and then a, a kind of a great room in the down, kind of a downstairs level and uh, two full baths, and it had a, a really great view of Mount Tam, and uh, uh, we loved it. We really, really liked that house. How did you find it? Well... As I mentioned, we had started looking in San Francisco, and there was a really great real estate agent. I even remember his name. Uh, his name was Lynn McLaughlin. I have no idea whatever happened to him, but he uh, he worked uh, with mainly with me because at home mom and Bill was working. And uh, when we discovered that probably we wouldn't find what we wanted in the city, he recommended uh, a fellow out in Marin, and that's how we uh, got in touch with the agent out there. And I remember his name. He's, he's probably dead. Uh, his name was Bob McCurdy. God, I can't believe I remember all this crap. <laughs> anyway, uh, and, and both agents were, they were fantastic. I mean, I really think they looked on their jobs as uh, being more of a service than sales. And uh, they were they were wonderful. Uh, they were great. Do you remember how you were introduced or met Lynn, the San Francisco agent? Um. We met him at an open house. He had an open house on uh, Goff, G-O-U-G-H. You know that street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the reason I remember that is because that's my, my mother's maiden name. No kidding. Yeah, so. Now I have to go look up who that street is named for in San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> because when I moved here, I learned it was Goff like cough, not go like dough. No, it's Goff. Exactly. Yeah. Britt and I chatted about that one and mispronounced San Francisco. <laughs> so how long were you in Larkspur? Well, we were there for about three years. And now this part of the story, you might take offense to. No, I'm kidding. But uh, Me? Uh, yeah. Well, when we uh, 
Bill had this great opportunity to be the founding general manager of the public TV station in Anchorage, Alaska. And so we thought, wow, that'd be a real adventure. And so in 1974, three years after we moved to Larkspur, uh, we decided that we would sell our own home without using an agent. And uh, and those were different times. I would never, ever do that again. I mean, it would, but it worked out well. Anyway, so we... Can I share a dirty little secret what? with you, Mickey? Yeah. My parents did it once too. Yeah, and and, it, and it, it it did work out really well because and but we uh, we put a price on it of eighty nine thousand five hundred and our neighbors who were who all you know we all got along with they said oh good luck with that you'll never get that well guess what uh, the very first well, we had an open house and the very first day we got two offers. And they were full price offers. And the people who bought the house. So wait, what? I just have to, sorry to interrupt, but I just have to pause. As far back as 1974, Uh multiple offers, first day. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And the, and this is really funny. Had uh, he worked for Standard Oil, and they came back from Brussels, and they were in a panic to find a house. And so they came to the open house just about the time that we were going to close the door. It was towards the end of the day. They came in and they looked at the first level and they, we had a raised hearth in the living room. And the guy's name was Jerry. And Jerry sat down on the hearth and he said, we'll take it. And Bill, Bill said, well, don't you want to see the rest of the house? And he said, uh, no, we, we want this one. And, uh, but then Sharon, his wife said, Oh, well, Jerry, we should look at the rest of it. And so they did. And, uh, and they went into the garage and they saw Bill's, uh, uh, little Fiat convertible, which we were going to sell before we moved to Anchorage. And Jerry says, Oh my God. He said, I left my Fiat in Brussels. He said, uh, is your car for sale? And Bill says, as a matter of fact, it is. And he said, I'll buy it. And so he bought it. And, uh, and then our, our cat, Sebastian, who was a wonderful cat, came wandering in and his wife said, oh my gosh, we had to leave our cat in Brussels. Can we have your cat? <laughs> Thought our cat wouldn't like Anchorage because of the snow and, and all that. And so we were looking for a home. So they, they took our cat and, uh, and, and the story is insane. <laughs> it's so, and, and then they, and they wanted to close really fast. And, uh, and they had all their ducks in a row. And so Bill had already gone up to Anchorage. And I said, I called Bill and I said, I mean, well, you know, before the closing. And I called Bill and I said, hey, you know, I'm not even coming up to look for a house. You, you go buy one because uh, we got to we got to get this done. And he says, well, no, you want to look at it first? And I said, no, I said, you know what I don't like. And he said, OK. And uh, so he went out and picked out a house and, and told me what it looked like, sent me some pictures with, you know, Polaroids. And, uh, and I said, okay, buy it. And, uh, so he did. And, and I didn't even see the house until the kids and I came up later after our closing in Larkspur. So anyway, that was the second purchase of a house. And, uh, and then we, uh, after five and a half years in Anchorage, Bill had an offer from PBS headquarters and, but, but it was in New York rather than Washington DC where, uh, PBS is headquartered. And so we looked at for something in Larkspur, I mean, excuse me, Larchmont in Westchester County. And, uh, and that's where we bought our third home. And, uh, and that is where my business partner went to high school, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, not not just high school, but uh, uh, also to uh, grammar school and middle school. 
But but part of the story is that we we kept our house in Larchmont when we moved to Austin, partly because that move was at a time when the uh, mortgage rates were just sky high. They were like 15%. I'll take what are the early 1980s, please. <laughs> yeah, so we rented our house out in Larchmont. And uh, and again, uh, this was PBS, and, and Bill had had an offer at KLR and KLRU, which were dual licensees in uh, San Antonio and Austin, to be the general manager and president. So anyway, uh, and that, that was another time uh, because of circumstances. Bill uh, bought the house, and I didn't see it first. And I said, okay, this is what I don't want, and this is what, you know, you know I, what I like. And so he bought that house with me not seeing it ahead of time. Isn't that trust? That is. And one of the things that I'm hearing that is so interesting, to me at least, as as you talk about this with Bill, is what was important is you started with, you know what I don't like, right? Because there's kind of these two sets of preferences, things I'd love to have, things I absolutely can't live with. Um, right. And it's a, just a great approach to search. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, Matt, uh, another thing, and I think you know from Britain that Bill and I had a really wonderful, long, loving marriage. Uh, we just really kind of felt like, you know, homeless where the heart is. And uh, I mean, if he had bought, you know, some dump that was full of mold and crap, I think, whoa, but but he didn't, you know, he, he, he knew what to do. And I just. Right. And. You would never have married a man who was going to pick out a, a moldy dump. That just wasn't who he was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and and so one of the things that I I, I really learned along the way is the, the the value of real estate agents and brokers who really look on their job as you know not just oh let's get this house sold so I can have a commission. They they really you know, uh, took such great interest in uh, you as an individual. And I think that's what Jackson Fuller does. And uh, and that's probably why you're so successful. Or one, yeah, one reason. Thank you. That's very kind. I appreciate the compliment. And, and you know, and the other, and, and I don't know if Britain's ever told you this story, but, um, you know, she was, uh, when she was working in Austin, first she was the high school English teacher, and then she went to work for Hoover's, the reference press. And then she was recruited by some publisher online, whatever, in San Francisco. And she thought, okay, time to, it's time for me to get out of this heat. And so she went to San Francisco and, and she did a great job at whatever this online publisher was. And then they, they laid everybody off uh, after Britain and her team got it uh, really running successfully. And then she, and she had her little house in Austin, and she had a, a place that she was renting in San Francisco for $2,500 a month. And she thought, holy crap, now what? You know, because she didn't have a job. And I said, Britain, I just read this article that former school teachers make great real estate agents. And she says, mother, I would never do that. And I said, <laughs> and she said, well, I said, you know, think about it. I said, I could see you being really successful doing that. And I said, not only that, one reason I'm saying this is because of the great relationship that your daddy and I just had with an agent in Austin and here in Bellingham where we bought. I said, these people were fantastic. And I said, I can see you doing this. Well, guess what? She eventually did it or she very quickly did it. 
And, uh, and, it, and now the rest is history. But that's how uh, she probably won't remember the story that way. But <laughs> I, I suggested it and it was like, oh, mother. <laughs> you know what I have learned, Mickey? What? Parents don't know anything. <laughs> well, later on, Britton gave me a little magnet for Mother's Day one year. And she says, oh, my God, my mother was right about everything. <laughs> The first sales manager that Brent and I both worked for in real estate, a woman by the name of Ilsa, has a theory, philosophy, that the very best realtors come from the helping profession. So teachers, nurses, individuals like that. And yeah, if that's the approach you take on it, it's it's a great approach because our experience and success has come from like helping people. Um, and that's the focus and the rest follows. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and uh, one of the things that I think is uh, that's interesting that you would say about the helping professions, because, you know, I because of my volunteer work here in Bellingham with uh, in healthcare and all that, you know, I think in terms of the, the caring, the helping professions. And you're right. There is a special uh, kind of sensitivity that I think is necessary for uh for people who are in uh, real estate, especially in today's climate, where uh, you know, for some people, buying the not not just the first house, but any house, it can be scary because you know there's there's so many things that can go wrong. But if you have a good agent to make sure that uh, everything to the greatest extent possible stays on track, it can be a really meaningful experience where you can even develop friendships that last the rest of your lives. Oh, very much so. Um, like the very first house that I sold to a set of buyers, they've raised their child in that house and we're still in touch. Um, and it's not like we chat weekly or even monthly, but it's just a great relationship that's developed in this way over a really long period of time. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we Bill and I stayed in touch with the agent up here in Bellingham. His name is Mike Parcher. And if you ever need to refer to anyone in Bellingham, refer to Mike Parcher. But anyway, Bill and, and Mike and I you know, stayed in touch and he he'd come over periodically for coffee and all that and and, uh, and after Bill died, I uh, I think it was about I don't know, it was less than six months afterwards and I thought, Do I wanna stay in this house? And I love it here. I planted all the shrubs and trees and, and the yard is, you know, beautiful. And uh, anyway, I got in touch with Mike and Mike, you know, he didn't want to intrude, but he said, you know, Mickey, he said, I'm kind of channeling Bill. And he said, uh, he would probably advise you to wait a while before you make that kind of decision. And here's this guy who he probably saw, oh boy, uh, if he was the wrong kind of agent, he could have thought, boy, I could sell this place in a New York minute. But he, he said, no, no, just you know, think about it for a while. And I thought about it for a while and I'm still here. <laughs> I have to say, number one, thank you for sharing that, that story and experience. And it also touches on something as kind of a, a space of real estate that terrifies and frustrates me. And that's when elderly individuals that own homes get up in years and end up selling and it doesn't work out because they're individuals who are too trusting and mm -hmm. end up with kind of like, you know, the fast talking confidence realtor 
And I've seen some really horrible things happen around real estate and elderly individuals. Yeah. Matt, are you calling me elderly? No. (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So You uh, are young and feisty. And you're probably going to come down here and kick my butt now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've seen you. You look like you kicked my butt. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I would never. All right. Um, but, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm seriously not calling you elderly, but you are at a phase in your life where you deal with death, um, much more so than, you know, millennials or other folks. And you were thinking about major life changes, you know, selling a major asset yeah. and, you know, you're not necessarily in the best frame of mind, elderly or not, just because of when you lose someone and not just someone, you're husband yeah yeah Yeah. well my life partner um you know i mean this isn't you know telling any secrets but you know i've mentioned mike and uh the house next door to us uh empty for uh, about three years because the woman had uh louis body dementia and she was put into a facility and and anyway to make a long story short it finally went on the market uh just this last december after she died and uh and it went on the market, and I think it was priced slightly uh, too high at first because it sat there for a few days. Imagine that. Anyway, so uh, the, the people, for whatever reason, uh, they reduced the price by – it wasn't a lot. It was like $15,000, and boom, it had four offers. And the prevailing offer was one that Mike Parcher took for his client. And so Mike called me, and he said, Vicki, I – want you to know that uh you're gonna have some fantastic new neighbors and uh and you know they intend to have a quick closing and so forth and they'd like to get together for coffee and I said sure you know we'll do that and so we had made arrangements to uh have this uh coffee on January 8th and they closed on January 5th well on that weekend, Mike called me and he said, well, David, you know, the new owner, uh, the husband, he said he's not feeling very well. Well, he died on January 10th. And uh, yeah, talk about a major shock. And uh, so anyway, his his wife, uh, she obviously, it's her house because they closed on Friday, uh, you know, the 5th. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she hasn't moved in yet, but I've met her and she's really looking forward to moving in. But she slowed down the moving because of everything that was going on. But I mentioned that story because of what you said about, you know, the vulnerabilities and changes and all that as people are getting older. And uh, these people had thought about moving to a single story house as they aged. And uh, so they waited. It looks like a little bit too long to do that. And, uh, you know, life has a way of throwing curveballs, doesn't it? Yes, it's uh someone once gave me a card that said life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting trend we actually see here in San Francisco for folks that can afford it is they will downsize from suburbia and come back to the city because they want a smaller home and they want something on one level with an elevator. Yeah. Yep, I have a I have a friend here in Bellingham, who I, I I happened to meet him in a grief support group, and he and another friend are the only two good things that came out of it. But anyway, Jack, my friend, is 88, and he's moving out of a 
one of those like 55 and older places, but he's out kind of out in the hinterlands. And he says, you know, I don't want to be out here anymore. So he's moving into a, a kind of a high rise for Bellingham senior living place. It's independent living and it's called the Leopold. And, but the, the people who live there love it because it has elevators. It's right downtown. People, they can walk to the coffee shops and to the Pickford, our local independent cinema. And they have a van for their grocery shopping and whatnot. And, and Jack is a very gregarious guy. So, and he sings like uh, nobody's business. He sounds like a combination of Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra. But anyway, so, uh, well, the, the experience or interactions I've seen of this is that in America, as we grow older, it becomes more physically isolating. And I think that, you know, one of the basic things people need is just human interaction. And that as you get, you know, as the years go on and you have fewer people that you interact with, you know, and kids are gone out of your house and they're bringing their friends over and all of this people, it becomes really isolating. So my experience is when I've seen or had the chance to work with those folks and they go from living by themselves to being surrounded by people again, mm-hmm. it changes who they are in a good way. Well, yeah, and it does. And, you know, and another thing that happens is when uh, the seniors, the, the parents, decide to move to a spot where they're not as isolated, there's people around who can kind of, uh, I mean, they still have their independence uh, in many cases, but there's somebody around who can sort of, uh, see if something's gone awry. Well, that lifts a burden from like people like you and Brian. You know, if yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and and I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing when that burden can be lifted because you don't want to be constantly wondering what's going on with mom and dad or why didn't they answer the phone or something. Sometimes they don't answer the phone because they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you ignoring me, which is totally fine, or are you hurt lying on the kitchen floor, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ask Her Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. 